Welcome back to the freewheeling or cycling tips podcast, depending on where you're listening to this. As we stated before, we will be putting the episodes on the cycling tips channel for the first couple stages of the Tour de France Femme Avec Zwift. And then they will be on the freewheeling channel. But you'll want to subscribe to the freewheeling channel anyway, because we're churning out a bunch of extra content on the ground with Amy and Matt. Today on the episode, Lauren and Kit and I decided to watch the finish live again while we record, which leads to some interesting conversations. Plus, we have Rider Diaries from the likes of Veronica Ewers on EF Education First, Tibco Silicon Valley Bank, Ruby Roseman Gannon from Bike Exchange, and Uno X, Julie Leth. But before we dive into the episode, I want to start off with a little check-in from one of our favorite Australians on the ground, Gracie Elvin. So I'm standing in the middle of a paddock out the back of the podium. It's stage two, has just finished of the Tour de France Femme. Didn't get a chance to even talk yesterday. It was a huge day with both races going on. It was amazing. I got to go to the start and interview mostly the Aussie riders and a few extras. And just to be part of that atmosphere and excitement, it was quite overwhelming for me. There was a lot of emotions, but I just had the best time and it was a great race. I think great opener for the first Tour de France film of this generation won by Lorena Weber's I think you know that was expected but it would have been really tough for her to still pull it off but my favorite part was the drag race with Voss I think that was really the storyline that we all wanted and needed I think Voss is the greatest of all time so in some ways I was hoping for her to win but it was actually a good thing that she was really a close second and today wow it was absolutely crazy uh not a big fan of the crashes unfortunately I don't know if that looks good for women's cycling in general but it's certainly going to garner a lot of attention and in some ways that's not a bad thing because there'll be a few more people watching tomorrow potentially but I think the the splits happened in some difficult sections of the race anyway it was really interesting to see Balsamo pulling so hard on the front personally don't know if that was the right thing I think that they were trying to get time there for GC for a Longo Borghini but I think they they could have gone close to winning the stage and that might have been better for them while still having a good gap anyway so I don't know if Trek did the right thing today but it certainly made for an exciting race but as I was saying, super stoked to see Voss take the win and take the yellow jersey. But I got to interview lots of riders at the finish today and they were shell-shocked. I think that it was a really tough stage. The wind played havoc. It looked like a nervous stage. There was a few broken bodies, that's for sure. Um, hopefully everyone's okay. I, I know a, quite a number of riders have had to go to hospital to get x-rays. So fingers crossed that they're okay. But I think that we'll see a few non-starters tomorrow. So hopefully I'll get some time to send something through again after stage three thanks oh man what a finale lauren and i are here live well live you know for us but for you it's been a couple hours 7.6 kilometers to go there is a incredibly strong group off the front Elisa balsamo just did a brilliant attack after the sprint point on the finish line um which awesome that they got to see we got to see and they got to see the finish line before the race will actually finish with that sprint point so we we have we know what we're in for with the finale but the combination of just crashes chaos and crosswinds has made this finale which i predicted to be just a a run-of-the-mill sprint anything but that just goes to show we're going to stop making these predictions but honestly I don't think anyone really thought we would see what we're seeing right now we knew it was going to be a hard finish um but still thought like Weebers would be in the mix but really I don't know if anyone predicted this attack would go right because it was still 20ks to go all the sprinters in the mix um and now we actually see a threat the, the biggest thing is not the stage win in a sense, but the threat to GC now. We've got a couple of GC rivals up there with Cassio Nuodoma and Elisa Longo-Borghini, um, Anamique, Demi Vollering on the back foot. We see Demi pulling at the front of the bunch, which is making, you know, even the commentators doubt whether they're going to be riding for Ash or it's just in pure desperation. I, th- I would bet it's in pure desperation because they've got Cassio Nuodoma, like you said, up there. They've got, I mean, technically... Our prediction of Voss 
is still potentially going to come true because Voss is up there with Kasia, Lisa Longoborghini, Elisa Balsamo, and Sylvia Persico. And then they were off the front already with the young rider on drops uh, on Nicole Wahoo, who's in the young riders jersey and was off the front when the move went. So she got swept up in that group. But yeah, the six of them up there, they've got 39 seconds with 5.9K to go. What was interesting to me was when Balsamo went and attacked, it was kind of like she missed out on the sprint, but she was coming in with speed. So she just kept going. And if you look back in the pellet, like as the everyone was strung out, Weebus just sat up. Like, I think that she didn't have any idea what was going on. Like that was, mm-hmm. it was such a great move because no one saw it coming. And I think that they would have known that there was crosswinds coming because but they they were set up in such a way that Elise Longoborghini was right there and was able to follow Balsamo. And so now Trek are in an incredible position where they've got their GC rider and a, like potential for a stage win riding up the road. And she's going for it, mouth wide open. If um, I'm sure the people watching it live and when you hear this, it will be already finished. But Balsamo is really, really putting in a huge effort here. It's out to 40 seconds. This was definitely planned. I have no doubt about it. There would have been instructions coming over the radio, I'm sure, um, from the DS in the car, which I'm assuming is Ina. Um, With the carnage that happened before this uh, finishing climb, which actually looked harder than I anticipated, even though on paper I think it was 4 to 5%, it looks like a hard finish. So that coupled with everything else that's happened in the race and adding in the crosswind, which Iris said has picked up now, it's the perfect storm for what we're seeing. We're joined by Kit Nicholson, who um, it's not her fault that we've already started recording, but we got super excited. (laughs) Well, I can understand why. Yeah, this is quite the finale. It's DSM and Movistar both are in a desperate situation now because Movistar is now losing time. Anamik is losing time to Kasia and Elisa Longoborghini. Well, a potential stage win and the yellow jersey with... Lorena Webus is riding away. Yep, and not to forget that ST Works is under a hell of a lot of pressure now too. It looks like Demi Vollering has sat back now um, and is not chasing. They're leaving it up to Movie Star and DSM. But you know, with with this group, it's it's obviously not going to come back. It's going to be a case of how much damage can they or. Yeah, can they limit? Yeah, th- this final technical section really works in favor of a small group rather than a peloton, definitely. It's it's such a technical run into the finish, which I, I did say that in my preview, but I didn't anticipate the road would be so narrow because it. I said there was going to be a pretty abrupt right-hand bend. I mean, it's like a 30-degree angle. I don't know maths, but, I'm, but I Googled it, and it's like the angle is, it looks like this stage is going to Voss or Balsamo. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know who else. I mean, Persico, it's great to see her up there. I think she'll have a strong finish, but it's definitely between those two. Um, and I'm guessing Longo Borghini will be all in for Balsamo and then, yeah, taking as much time as she can for the GC ahead. I mean, I, I think we've uh, – it's a little bit steeper than the World Championships finish, right? But it's the perfect mm-hmm. – I mean, we've got the exact same combo, haven't we? We've got yeah. Longo Borghini and, and Balsamo. So it's – Perfect for them. This is where uh, Voss can <laughs> vindication, <laughs> rewrite history, or is that uh, rewrite the the story? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, they're not coming back. It's forty seconds with two point eight k to go, and so and DSM, no riders left, really. Yeah, they're they're going to be doing just damage control on the back and trying to make sure that this gap doesn't go out any any farther. And you've got Jumbo Visma sitting what fourth wheel in the pel- in the peloton just to slow them down. Very good. Very yeah, very and nice. it's been um, it's interesting to see WNT Ceratids actually getting involved there. Who would they be riding for today? Because Lisa Branois was actually driving it on the front. That that team's just been so quiet this year that I can't even remember like who their star riders are at this point. I was going to check the start list before coming on, but it's been frantic the last thirty k. So I haven't <laughs> <Yeah>. done anything. <laughs> It has. I've yeah. We we said, oh, we'll just pop on with like five k to go, yeah. and then it was it was all hell broke loose. <laughs> well, that's the right word for it. Yeah, yeah. Some of it quite hard to watch, but this bit's good. 
Yeah, there has been a lot of crashes, and especially the crash with Marta Cavalli, where Nicole Frayne came in very fast and just ricocheted off of Marta Cavalli, who was stopping to avoid another crash, was a, a brutal crash to watch and really hope that Marta's okay because although she is not the GC rider for FDJ uh, Suez Futuroscope, she is obviously riding super well after the Giro. And so it would be a real shame if if a contender like her was taken out just because of a a crash like that. Exactly. I don't, uh, I think Sile was caught up in was, the, yeah. the carnage and it's the last time they showed any um, footage of her, she was still chasing. So FDJ are right, right on the back foot now. I mm-hmm. hope Grace Brown is still in this main group um, chasing the the six leaders. Cavalli is not there, but they're... Definitely not. But there was a big... It looked like most of the FDJ team dropped back to help Sile get back into that group. Um, but hopefully they did leave Grace because I don't think Sile made it back in either. We'll see in the finish, after the finish, who's... Yeah. Oh, sorry, just another crash at the back. Oh. Missed that. that oh, it's, well, I think I might be ahead. I was yesterday. Sorry for spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. FDJ? Yeah, another oh, bad. Yeah. A, oh, yeah. Evita music. Evita music, yeah. One of their other. Oh, no. Kit, you're going to be um, oh, slightly ahead of us. Stuff's happening at the front, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, Balsamo is done. There oh, we go. Wow. She's just Can like. Tell you. Okay, I will. Uh, I will all in for Elisa. What happened there? I mean, I think that they're they're foregoing the stage win, but potentially with Elisa just to gain time. Like Elisa, mm. yeah. But that said, she has had some. I mean, I won't put put her up against Voss in a finish like this, but she's been fantastic in those leadouts, hasn't she? She's definitely improved her sprinting capabilities this year. Maybe um, her finish at the women's tour is um, making her like a little too big for her britches trying to go up against <laughs> Voss in this finale right now. She is riding on the front, which isn't... Oh, except that there's still that last corner to go, so this time. Yeah. Okay, Cassia is deciding to take it from the front now. What a ride from Maggie van der Down. Yeah. Yeah, she's almost... Oh, oh, oh. Coming back. Coming back and straight through. I don't think uh, Lacole Wahoo predicted this finale for their team. Fantastic. Yeah. A top five result. Oh, man. And I've here she goes. So many goosebumps. <laughs> She's going for it. <laughs> so good. Well, I mean, good. Everybody else kind of looking at each other, which is a real bummer for Balsamo because she just like spent yeah. all that energy to get the time gap up as big as she could get it. And here we go. Open up the sprint. I mean, this was inevitable, wasn't it? Inevitable. <laughs> and Voss. So good, though. It's like Look at the, that. the meme. And Persico coming back. She's having such an incredible season, Persico. I'm so oh. impressed. Mm. Yeah. Well, did I can't remember. Did I pick Voss yesterday? I don't know if we made predictions uh, for yesterday. Oh, I think but... you guys you guys left Voss to me yesterday. Mm. <sighs> so... Yeah, I mean, I was going to pick, if you asked, Elisa Longo-Burghini because yeah. of the weird, the, the slightly off, the slightly not sprint finish. All right, the question will be the Let's time do. now. 24, 25. Weavers takes... No bonus seconds. No, 30 seconds. It's going to be damage control now. I mean, Voss is in yellow now. How great is that? yeah. yeah. Amazing. I mean, so good. It's probably, I I mean, of course, wearing yellow on the Champs-Élysées, which I was kind of bummed. Granted, like logistics-wise, for the women to hang mm-hmm. out all day and wait for the men's podium would suck. But it, it would have been cool if they'd had the jerseys at the same, Aww. given out the jerseys the same time as the men, you know? I think her mom just gave her a hug. God, this is why we love Voss, right? <laughs> like, yeah. love how many, how, what win is this? Win number a billion? And she's still just as emotional as she is with every single other victory. Wow. What? If really? only her cat could Finale. be to- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Didn't the cat pass? Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Oh, uh, Cecilia Ludwig comes oh. in 140 down. Shit. Man. That is just such oh, a bummer for FDJ because they obviously such a bad day for them. Had a just horrendous. They couldn't have had a worse day than no. today.
This is this is stage racing though, right? I mean, with the with the classics, yeah, it's one day and you have to just carry on and get on with it. But when it when it comes to GC, um, an epic, yeah, f up like today, out of their control, how do you bring back a minute and forty? I mean, yeah. she can definitely hunt stage wins. I think going further, but um, there's yeah, I don't think there's coming back. Well, this. it potentially makes the race more exciting because she maybe wasn't a favourite um, and yeah. she will get that little bit more. Well, I mean, she won't get freedom, not with 140, but she will. it will be that little maybe hesitation. It will make it a little bit more exciting. They will have to take risks as a team mm. or at least they'll have to, you know, throw everything at it. So it should, it could, you know, part of the, one of the things we love about cycling is you get riders coming back from, adversity right you get the emotion of it and that's something that we'll get hopefully from if you, and if we know anything about Richard Ludwig is that she likes to go for it so. I mean tomorrow looks like a pretty good stage for her with the climb so close to a short punchy climb so close to the finish and she's a pretty gutsy rider so I feel like it yeah tomorrow it, it I would not be surprised to see her trying something for tomorrow yeah and great to see Cassia in there with the, with the third place Obviously, in good form, she's definitely targeting um, stage three and stage four. So um, she's definitely going to have to be one of our picks for for tomorrow. And here rolls in, here rolls in the last, well, the main bunch, I would say. And I hope not. I hope that wasn't. Yeah, it looked like a lot of FDJ and potentially, potentially Lizzie Holden. Oh no! Oh no! And even Kristen Faulkner has been caught out. Yeah, bike exchange were caught up in that crash. Yeah. The horrible one. Amy will Amy's gonna whip up something for cyclingtips.com on who went down in what crash. So everyone can keep an eye on the site for that. It'll be by the time you're listening to this, it will be up. But what a what a race we just had. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was a classic early stage in a really important race. Mm. <laughs> Crosswinds, crashes. An, an electric final. And I think, yeah. like, just based on uh, in in the chat what I was saying, Abby, um, the fact that it really looked a lot like the Belgian countryside, and, of course, it's northern France, so why wasn't it one of the first things that sort of popped into my mind is uh, to, this morning they were probably all checking the wind direction to see how that was going to impact on the race. Um, and Ira, so, yeah. said, Ira said on the bike... Um, obviously Iris Slapendel is, is on the bike within the race, which is so exciting to see. And she said that the wind is not something she would want to be riding in. So as a duchy, that means quite a bit, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it was pretty tame up until like 35 K to go when the crashes really started up to then it was they brought back the the break really early in the stage. We got to see like 85K, which I don't think I expected that much live coverage and is just awesome to see. But they brought the break back really early. I think with the anticipation that there would be wins, the Peloton was just going pretty fast. And uh, and the, the standard teams that you would expect were on the front making it quick. And then from then on, it was it was pretty chill until all of a sudden it was like left, right, and center. People were going down. Yeah, and it, and the crash, the the big crash was all down to nerves, or the desperation to get back to the front, wasn't it? That mm. what made it bad. Don't necessarily want to say who it was who came barreling into the back of Cavalli, but I said it already. Okay. Yeah. Well, she because she'll feel awful. Yeah, she will. She will. What happened there? Um, and uh, yeah, just. Uh, gutting for because was Sprat caught up on it or was that yes a, yeah. yeah she was tangled up but maybe actually Sprat went down twice I think there was definitely a bike exchange in both of the bigger crashes and I mean Nicole came in so fast really fast really really and she she was coming back yeah from that other crash so she was coming back with speed and everyone else was slowing down and and yeah it didn't look like it just looked like your standard touch of wheels the next crash was wild because one of the the orange riders um from one of the Saint michelle like, yeah she just went sideways yeah it, that was crazy a little bit of road furniture was it yeah 
at least the most people who were held up in that won't have been hit hard. It was one of those weird filling the road crashes. Uncomfortably close to the finish. But anyway, what else do we have to talk about today? Oh, before we talk about more things, this episode and every episode this week is brought to you by Zwift. Obviously, Zwift title sponsors of the Tour de France Femme. We're really excited to have them supporting us as well on the Freewheeling Podcast, mostly because, I mean, I don't know about Kit, but Lauren and I are huge fans of Zwift and riding Zwift. Uh, They have tons of different terrain on there. You can ride in a bunch of different worlds. And personally, one of my favorite things about Zwift is when you sign on to the home screen, you can pick a course to do, and it'll give you the countdown kilometers and you can slowly tick off all of the the courses and all the route options that they have on Zwift. And it's a really awesome challenge to give yourself. And that's one of my, my most favorite things about Zwift, but the list is long and we'll get to tell you all about it all week because they've they've supported us for a while for the remainder of the year, in fact. Pretty cool. Woo! Very cool. Thank you, Zwift. Thank you for um, putting your money behind this race as well. Yeah, seriously. I I mean, I think we talked about this early on that we the ASO is not an, an entity that we love. And when they came out with having the Tour de France Femme, it was very much, it seemed like a, oh, fine, if you keep asking us, we'll give it to you. Um, but with Zwift behind it, I mean, I think one of the reasons that we did see 85 kilometers of coverage today is because Zwift is, is putting their money where their, where their hearts are, where their passion is. Yeah. And I think none of this would have been possible without actually one particular woman behind it all, which is, um, Kate Verano. Um, she's been pushing for women. She was actually an ex-professional herself and she's, She's been doing a great job um, since the early days of the Zwift Academy with Canyon Shram. So she's been on the podcast. She's been on the podcast a couple times. So you can, there's, she's in there somewhere. She'll be on Go again back. for sure. Look, look for those episodes. Today, it's all about Champagne because we race from Reims to Epernay. And Reims is the birthplace of Pauline Ferrand Prévost, the only rider who won three individual world titles in the same season. She won the cyclocross world title in Tabor in the Czech Republic in January of 2015, the mountain bike cross country championship in Valnort, Andorra, early September, plus the team event with France, and took the road race rainbow jersey a few weeks later in Ponferrada in Spain. Véran Prévost was only 23 at the time. Mathieu van der Poel and Tom Pitcock are after the same hat-trick, but so far, unsuccessfully. Reims was also the place where the very first world championships for women were held. And in 1958, it was not a given that women took part in cycling races. Especially from the church, there were many objections against women on bikes. Races would not only be a danger to the women on the bike, but also to the spectators. It would be absolutely indecent when women crashed and clutched their chest when on the deck said the Belgian sports organization of the Catholic Church. And what about the promiscuity when men and women had to share one changing facility? Also, medical objections would be reasons to not let women take part in cycling races. According to the doctors, it should be avoided that women try on men's sport and take part in hard enduring activities, including athletics, water polo, football and cycling. Cycling as a competition for men can certainly be justified, but this sport goes against the nature of the woman itself. What man who truly loves his wife would allow her to participate in a women's race? How could a betrothed fiancé bear this? Read one letter in the paper. Well, despite this way of thinking, there was a World Championships in 1958 in Reims and after just 59 kilometers, Elsie Jacobs was crowned world champion. The Luxembourg rider had a lead of almost three minutes on the competition. I don't know if there was champagne on the podium, but I sure hope so because we are in the heart of the Champagne region. This area where the subsoil consists of a thick layer of lime chalk creates a fertile soil above and it's the perfect basis for growing grapes. All wine fizzes during fermentation. Yeast cells do not only make alcohol from the sugar in the grapes, but also carbon dioxide. 
It normally disappears. In cool areas such as the Champagne region, fermentation used to stop because of the colder climate. And when the temperatures rose again in the spring, the process started again spontaneously. An already delivered ton of wine then would begin to fizz again. And that was much appreciated, but in no time all the buzz was gone. To prevent this, the wine was sometimes bottled, which earned it the name Fin du Diable, Devil's Wine, as the bottles often exploded. It was the English who managed to produce glassware strong enough to withstand the pressure in the 17th century. And at the same time, the monk, Dom Pérignon, invented the cork as a stopper material for wine bottles, with which bottles could be made really tight. And then it became possible to catch the bubbles. The drink was such a success that there are currently 15,700 different champagnes from the 200 Champagne villages in the region. Champagne is not cheap, as you know, and it can only be produced in this region. All sparkling wine from outside of the defined boundaries of the region can never be called Champagne. It's called Crémant. So let's let's just break down really quick what we got for the general classification going into stage three. Voss is in the lead by 10 seconds over Sylvia Persico and 12 seconds over Cash and Iwadoma. And then the former yellow jersey where Lorena Weebus is down 35 seconds down in sixth place. But looking at stage three, it's it's a really exciting stage. I mean, I, I picked stages three and four as the two stages where the race is kind of really going to take off. There's a climb early in the stage that's a, just a one kilometer long, 5%, nothing too crazy. But then as you get closer to the finish, there's a sprint point in Epernay. So they'll do a similar situation where they, they'll see uh, the finish before they ride it again. And then there's two climbs there's three climbs in the in the finale, but the, the the biggest climb is the one that I can't pronounce, the Cote de McTigny. McTigny? I'm so sorry. McTigny, I would I think. McTigny. Yeah, Tom's just walked away. He speaks French. He could have told us. Uh, that's one kilometer long, so not super long, but it's 11.5% average over a kilometer. So it's going to really impact the race and then the final climb is the mount vernon and that's the one that's really close to the finish there's bonus seconds on the top of it which is an interesting thing that they're they're doing with this race um and valid given that we had the women's tour and the that other race come down to bonus seconds recently which my brain is the only problem with recording during the race is that my brain is like mush. Cause I'm like so excited about what we just watched that I have a hard time stringing thoughts together. <laughs> but yeah, that climb is really close to the finish. It's only a couple of kilometers from the finish and perfect launch pad, great launching pad, especially for Elise Lorghini and Cash and Iwadoma. They're like, this really? is their jam in <laughs> this thing. And so if you want to, see the course and and a little bit more of an in-depth preview check cycling tips we're doing daily previews of each of the stage so that'll be up tonight slash tomorrow morning the morning of the stage and the night before um but it looks like it's going to be such an awesome stage it will and it will i'm gonna say it it's not gonna be a bunch sprint right i mean not a chance <laughs> not a chance um i did do a bit of google uh, street view of it and Abby is 100% correct I think it's a great launching pad if things are, haven't been um, already lit up before that point who knows maybe wind will be another decisive factor tomorrow because we're still in that sort of um, open northern oh, no. countryside of France we're recording in real time which means that I'm looking at the results and it says Cavalli didn't finish Aww. oh bugger that's, That's really also shame. we can we just take no. a moment to appreciate Iris and her leather jacket? Yeah. <laughs> can we just take a moment to uh, to appreciate Iris? Yeah. Just period. She looks 100%. amazing. She's incredible. I just love She's better her. than Wiggins on the bike. Absolutely. Oh my god, it's so much better. <laughs> so yeah, Marta Cavalli DNF and Sile finished a minute 39 38 down like we like oh, we said so yeah really a shit day for fdj i mean we, we saw yeah. marta cavalli come across the 
finish line the first time looking very unhappy i wonder if she just climbed off there and got into the bus and i'm guessing because she that was minutes down when um they yeah, crossed to the finish line like, she was minutes down so i mean if she was still okay i think she would have continued on to do her role as a teammate which is making me think maybe maybe she's injured she hit yeah. the ground like she got hit so hard from yeah. behind i wonder if there was a, a dislocation yeah um because yeah, it looked like that kind of hit and then Grace Brown is three minutes twenty two seconds down as well. So, which well, I mean gives of her course, freedom to exactly. go on the attack, which is perfect. Grace Brown. I mean, so, she's at her best in that role, isn't she? So the winners of the stage were really like Trek Segafredo, uh, Kasha, and and Voss were like the winners of the stage, uh, literally and figuratively. And the losers are really FDJ and SD Works. Oh my gosh! FDJ rider just flew off her bike. No, it's it's a AG AG next. Oh, patch. was it? She their flew kits off are her bike. so similar, but I really hate the replay of this crash with Nicole. I really don't want to say it again. All right, get it. looking looking back at the results and kind of like picking through who lost time. Demi Bollering's down twenty nine seconds, and then yeah, Ashley lost an additional five seconds to Demi. So the two leaders for SD Works lost some time. Anamique lost 34 seconds, so she finished in that main group um, with Ashley as well. So she's she's not lost too much time that I think she would be nervous as Anamique with Stage 7 coming up. But still kind of a surprising spot for us to be in going to going into stage three i i predicted the jersey would change hands today but i did not predict that it would be this significant of a time gap going into stage three 10 seconds yeah it doesn't sound like a lot but it's it's more than i thought we would see at this point in the race for sure i definitely i agree with you there it's more than than we thought but looking at now the composition of the riders um, who made up that front group. I don't think Anamique will be too nervous. Um, that stage seven looks pretty brutal. Um, and I have no doubt even before then she will have a crack on the harder stages to try and get some time back. Um, it just puts, I think, yeah, Cassia and Elisa in a really great position to continue riding a super aggressive race and picking up time wherever they can, which is kind of what we said in the preview. Um, I know that they're chasing stage wins uh, and th this is the way to do it. And Femke Marcus stays in the climbers Jersey for tomorrow. Her teammate took the only climbing points on offer. Her teammate took maximum uh, points on offer today on the climb in the beginning of the stage but Femke finished higher in the in the general classification, so she's going to stay in the climber's jersey. And then obviously there's more points up for grabs tomorrow, which I think the climbing jersey is going to be a really interesting fight up until stage seven to see those smaller teams try to get something out of the race and get the publicity that comes along with wearing one of these iconic jerseys. The points jersey is obviously going to the top riders. I mean, Voss is in it now by 100. She's got 120 points over. Lorena Weavis has 104. And Kopecky is third at 85 points. So I think that like looking at the top three in in the points classification, those are three of the best riders in the world. But the climbers jersey is something that's a little bit more feasible for small teams to go for. And I think if we are going to see some big name riders getting up in there, it's going to be like the ones you would expect, like Elise Shabby for sure. I I could see trying to get up the road tomorrow with points on offer. But that's an it's it's just so I love that we've got like five races in one going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the KOM jersey, you've got, I mean, depending on how the GC works, I guess, at the end of the week, you could see a really punchy sort of classics rider in that for a good long time, which just makes, yeah, like you say, adds to the excitement of it. And are the points based on the category of the climb? Yeah, so they're going to be racking up some big points towards the end of the week. I actually, somebody asked me, I had a request. Um, from some, yeah, they just keep replaying this crash and it's yeah, just awful. Yeah, need to stop watching. Um, 
I've stopped. Asked me to to explain the breakdown of points in the climbing competition. Um, I think they were confused about stage one, which fair, that was not a category four climb, but they just, you know, wanted to get the, get the Jersey, you know, on some out of, out of their hands and into the hands of someone who would really care. And Femke Marcus is that person for them. But first category climbs, it's 10, eight, six, four, two points for the first six riders across the line. Second category, five, three, two, one, third, three, two, one, fourth, two, one. So it's your standard. Yeah, depending on the category of climb, how many points go across, which means that by the time we hit stage seven, which has the biggest climbs in the race, whoever is off the front for the final two climbs of the race will win the jersey because they will probably also win on Le Super Planche de Belfi, which will give them 10 points. And I'm anticipating that that will be, um, I'm, I'm anticipating that that will be on a week. Mm hmm. Was uh, Mavi Garcia caught up in any of the crashes today, or she? She in the was. Same she position? was on the ground um, with that that uh, crash with the with the French team. Okay. Well, the second crash. Well, the third I, crash. I lost track. There was a lot. Anyway. Well, a day of a day of chaos and yeah. a fantastic winner. Such a great race. We've got a bunch of rider diaries, so let's hear really quick from our riders on the ground and then we will hear from amy and matt who are also on the ground in the thick of it hey abby just finished stage two um on the way to our next hotel um for stage three so hopefully the music in the background isn't too loud um today was uh pretty hectic um lots of crashes unfortunately um, I mean, no crashes are necessary, but there seem to be a lot of really, really unnecessary and uh, reckless crashes today, which is really unfortunate. Um, crosswinds today uh, caused a bit of chaos at times, um, but that on top of crashes made for a very chaotic and hectic day today. Um, yeah, just hoping everybody's okay that went down hard today. Um, Pretty bummed to see that Marta Cavalli DNF'd today um, as she was as um, a favorite today and hoping that everybody else that went down is doing all right. Um, yeah, on to stage three tomorrow. Uh, something I'm personally looking forward to just because uh, there will be a bit more climbing, um, but I'm anticipating there to be a lot of attacking and um, yeah, pretty aggressive riding tomorrow. So. Looking forward to it. I also wanted to mention something that I was thinking about earlier today. Um, as I've been receiving a lot of messages from friends and family members who really have not known much at all about cycling. Um, but it's really cool hearing them tell me that they've been watching the racing and um, have expressed a lot of interest in it. And I think that's so amazing, but also really important for media coverage. I mean, because I mean, what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say is more viewers are, more people are coming to cycling because more women's cycling is being shown because it just brings an entirely new population of people coming to watch the racing because they have family and friends which are in the women who are in the women's peloton um so i think it's really cool because not only is this race progressing women's cycling but it's also bringing more people to watching cycling in general and expanding the interest of cycling throughout the world's population because i mean like a lot of my personal friends and family had no real idea about cycling until this women's tour de France. And now it's really made them interested in it. So I think that's pretty awesome. So stage two, pretty hectic, I would say, or maybe I'm just getting old. I'm here with my, the youngster in our team and daughter Usland, and she thought it was not chaos at all. <laughs> it was a bit chaotic, but I mean, it's, as long as you're at the front, 
you just have to try and stay there because behind it's pretty crazy i would say yeah i don't know i thought it was just all around a little bit crazy really hectic maybe because the crosswinds probably because it's the tour de france super no no like nervous bunch but at least we all all six of us your next girls stayed upright and then uh, yeah the final was pretty crazy full on yeah. really really hard uh how do you do experience it it was really intense i would say it was full on and the peloton was basically just a straight line uh, the whole last lap with 20k to go and there went a break after the first time we crossed the finish line and the peloton actually never stopped and you just had to try and follow the wheel in front of you because the crosswind was so intense and yeah it was <laughs> everyone was just <laughs> dying <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we live to see another day, another hard stage tomorrow. Yeah, high spirits. <laughs> we are ready for your stage three. <laughs> yeah, and daughter and I were now also roommates. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. She says she doesn't know how the aircon works because she doesn't have so much life experience. <laughs> So these are the other struggles we will have to face together is finding <laughs> the perfect aircon uh, room temperature. Her normal tactic is just blasting it crazy, 10 minutes getting it ice cold and then just turning the aircon off. And um, this is just not going to cut it for me. But so I mean, I will just leave this aircon thing with Julie and then she will figure it out. <laughs> Other impressions from this room with the youngster. She's super, super impressed with Marianne, obviously. What a legend. She says she just wanted to make sure if Marianne has actually won everything. So she just double checking with me if Marianne did have an Olympic medal. I could confirm. Now, on to talking about Lorena Vibes' bike. Her comment is it was super, super beautiful, but just, yeah, she couldn't believe there was no yellow bar tape. <laughs> Big disappointment. Okay. We're here in Provence. Provence? Provence. Provence. Mm. You don't say the S? No. no. Okay. Which is a beautiful little town, actually. We walked through it on the way back from the finish earlier, and it's stunning. Um, but... The part we're sat in right now is perhaps less visually appealing. We're on a side street, sat in the car. <laughs> in our rental car. The glamour of the tour, right? <laughs> um, yeah, we're kind of just like coming down after a pretty hectic stage two. Um, what happened, Matt? What happened? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, as, uh, as Abby and Lauren would have talked about, I'm sure, um, Mariana Voss won the stage and moved into yellow, which is, you know, obviously a great result. And seeing her in yellow is, you know, there's just something right about that, about seeing her in yellow at the first Tour de France Femme. But I think the day was almost more defined by a bunch of crashes in the last 40Ks. We saw a lot of riders go down and one big crash in particular with um, Marta Cavalli uh, out of the race. And uh, I know the girls have talked about this already, but... Um, we spent some time at the buses talking to people involved in, in that incident. And while, you know, FTJ wouldn't talk about, we couldn't speak to any of the riders there, the general manager of the team, Stephen Delcourt, was happy to talk about um, the significance of it and how, I guess, disappointed they were in the outcome. But it was really good to hear how his focus was on Marta's well-being and um, their primary concern was how she was doing and at the time of recording this we still don't know exactly how she's doing but um yeah it was a pretty horrible crash wasn't it yeah it was just so it was dramatic mm. it was kind of yeah there was the initial crash with um Cavalli and Amanda Spratt who Spratt was just buried under other people's bikes for a while and a few others crashed but kind of got up quite quickly and, and moved on but then the kind of aftershock of it was that a group that was chasing back on including the Australian national champion Nicole Frayne kind of 
she ploughed straight into Cavalli at, at full force and mm. went flying and uh, it looked a bit of a it just looked weird like the speed that she was carrying like coming into a crash and I think Abby and Lauren have already talked about this but I mean don't really know what was going on but yeah Matt you spoke to her yeah I spoke to her afterwards and she was pretty badly cut up she had a badly torn up elbow and I think she'll be fine to continue tomorrow but she I heard her talking to some of her team staff just before I spoke to her and she said that you know, she got interviewed six or seven times at the finish line. She couldn't believe how much interest there was and the videos already going viral of the crash and she couldn't quite believe it. And I got the sense that she was pretty um, frustrated that it had become a thing. And, you know, just now we've seen that she's put out a post apologising for it. And I think in the moment she was a bit defensive about it or a bit sort of, you know, thought that she was just trying to find a line through the crash or through the carnage there and didn't, you know, maybe didn't make the best decision. But now I think she's reflected on it and is a bit more philosophical about it or something like that I think just walking around the buses afterwards there was a real sense of um, everyone taking stock of where they were at there's a lot of riders came down a lot of riders you know um, battered and bruised and you know a lot of people asking oh, how you know are you okay and just this real sense of the race having been shaken up not just on GC but a lot of riders um, I think we were waking up pretty sore tomorrow morning yeah, we don't really know, like, the full extent of people's injuries and who's actually affected. You know, there's a couple of riders that didn't finish. Obviously, Cavalli was one of them. Another one was um, Gaia Massetti, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, from Next G, um, who slid out on a corner hmm. just before the, the big crash. Um, and there's a few others who kind of got caught up or, like, went down at other points that we perhaps didn't see and... It, there was just a lot of nerves in the peloton yeah, today. Yeah. Um, everyone had been told before the stage that there was going to be crosswinds. Um, it's stage two of the Tour de France, like the first one. I think everyone was just so nervy. Um, and I think that once one crash happened, it's that kind of effect that it has on, on everybody's like psyche of like yeah. everyone's then just like on high alert and that's where all the crashes then start to happen. We were, we're sitting, sitting in the press room... room probably 60 k's to go and we said to each other you know not much has happened in the stage and then the first crash happened and the second one third one it just seemed to happen this whole string of things and then yeah it's it's crazy to think that the first part of the stage was relatively quiet you know after the way it all ended up the other rider that went down um ali wollaston um the kiwi uh saw her walking back to the bus and she was very sore someone asked her are you doing okay and she's like i'm not and she was holding her right wrist i believe so hopefully she's okay because i think she's got com games coming up yeah both track and road i think yeah so So that didn't look a big deal for kiwis Um, too yeah i think the main feeling here from the finish today was just a sense of shock or um yeah just disarray really a lot of people coming to terms with what happened whether that was you know on the gc which kind of got torn apart a little bit, which we didn't expect, but then also the crashes obviously had a big impact. So, yeah, we'll see what all of that means in the next few days. We had our own little um, adventure today, didn't we? We really did. Like <laughs> Walking to the press centre, uh, no, to the finish from the press centre was about two or three kilometres today, and we were kind of watching the race on our phones as we went. Um, and a couple of times we looked up and then we're just sort of uh, – realize we're in this amazing medieval town like 13th century kind of ramparts beside us um just incredible like unesco listed um town it's kind of funny the tour you just kind of go from stage to stage and you know the the finishing town is just a place on the map you've got to get to to do your job or whatever but then a couple of times a day we just found ourselves going like what is this place Mm -hmm. just you know if if you haven't seen the footage go and check it out if you haven't seen the photos of Pravan, go and go and check it out it's remarkable and then after the stage trying to get to the um the team buses and being a medieval town it's all very you know tight streets and very windy and hard to get around and it wasn't clear how to get to the buses so there was a point where I just had to kind of barrel across someone's you know some farmer's field and I'm pretty sure you did the same thing a little while after me well I was kind of I stuck around at the finish to see who I could accost and you'd already gone over to the buses and I just like walked up and down the same gravelly road like two or three times 
could I because I couldn't see like anywhere that the buses were and then I eventually walked up a little bit further and across this field like stretched out in front of me from the other side of it I could see the team buses and I was like I text you and I was like how do I how do I get there like I'm so confused and you said I just went across this field and I'm wearing Birkenstocks <laughs> not practical footwear for doing this and I just had to like trudge across this field and then I got halfway through made it over this like big mound and I was like well, how do I get the rest of the way there was a fence and you're like there's a gap and then I saw the gap and it was right next to the human powered health bus and I'm just like making my way to this gap and I'm thinking I don't actually know how I'm going to get down from here and just like serendipitously Tom Owen who's working for the team was like stood there and I was like Tom please help me (laughs) basically and he helped me down this like big steep like bank so shout out to Tom thanks for that lifesaver but yeah didn't expect that today (laughs) so when I was walking across that field a little bit earlier I'm walking down there you know head down and I hear some riders yelling from behind and I turn around and there's probably four or five riders barreling down this quite steep um field like on rutted out kind of like very rough field riding riding down oh the mechanics will be so happy about that yeah (laughs) like marta bastinelli and uh marlon russa and marvi garcia just like (laughs) holding on for dear life and one one of them yelled out at some point this is cyclocross or something like that classic and it was uh you know i'm taking photos of it and marlon russa's like oh don't take photos you're going to be in so much trouble for riding down here and then the mound (laughs) that you talked about you know they had to like Pass their bikes to their teammate to kind of scramble down this ledge <laughs> to get back to the bus. It was all a bit of a mess, but um, yeah, I guess just part of the the beauty and chaos of the tour, hey? Chaos is the word for sure. May hopefully less chaos tomorrow. Yeah. But we keep saying that. Yeah. And it keeps getting. Well, today wasn't as chaotic yeah, as it yesterday. Wasn't. We didn't walk 18 kilometers today. Like my step count, I was keeping an eye on it all day yesterday because I could feel it in my legs. 26,000 steps is considerably more steps than I'm accustomed to. Yeah. It was a big day in Paris, wasn't it? Yeah. It's nice to be out in the quieter parts of France here. And as we've said a few times, the town that we're in, Provence, is just stunning. So looking forward to seeing what's next. Yeah. On to stage three.